Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. again everyone and welcome back to the front line with joe and joe joe pasillo as always joined by joe resinello and once more dear brothers and sisters let us go in to the breach on the veritas catholic network 1350 on your am dial 103.9 on your fm dial serving the new york metropolitan area spreading the truth of the catholic faith be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. We would also encourage you uh, to give feedback, not just on the Joe and Joe, on the front line with Joe and Joe, but all the content on our station. You can go to VeritasCatholic.com, VeritasCatholic.com, and on there, you'll see the About section where you could uh, comment. If you love us, if you don't love us, and anywhere in between, let us know. We'd value your feedback. We always want to get better at what we do. And uh, finally, if you want to, if you want to support Joe and I on social media, thefrontlinetv.com, thefrontlinetv.com, where we have all of our social media comment on, uh, excuse me, content on there. We would really appreciate that. And in the meantime, we are very pleased and honored to be joined by Father Michael Zimmerman. And we are going to be discussing Shivias, a vocational discernment guide for men considering the priesthood. Father, how did I do with the pronunciation? Just curious. That was that was perfect. You know, yeah. that's awesome. That's what you get when you have an 82-year-old Italian mother right off the boat. Shivias, Shivias. That's, yeah, that's she's what helping, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Great to be with you today. Uh, thank you so much, Father Zimmerman. And for those of you out there who are not familiar with Father, Father Michael Zimmerman was ordained to the priesthood in 2017 and currently serves as assistant vocation director for the Archdiocese of Boston and adjunct scripture professor at St. John Seminary. With the heart of a teacher, Father Michael was inspired to create a systematic discernment program for young men, drawing from the wisdom that he received as part of his own formation. Uh, during the pandemic lockdown in May 2020, Father Michael scripted 27 episodes, which are now part of a video series called Shivias, filmed in a way that captures many of Father Michael's own interests, such as rock climbing, track and field, art, drawing, and of course, the city of Boston. Father, we're gonna have to talk to you about that. We're gonna find out more <laughs> about that. Uh, Father Michael hopes others can identify with his journey and recognize how pursuing God's plan for their lives will fulfill their greatest desires. Father Michael Zimmerman, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank you, Joe, and thank you, Joe. Awesome to be with you today, and really grateful to uh, yeah to be able to join you and talk about the program and just to talk about whatever else you know. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna mix it up, Father. We're gonna yeah. mix it up. All right. <laughs> but with that, I'm gonna hand it over to Joe R. Father Mike, could you uh, lead us in prayer before we start our conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Let's be in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we just give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day, for allowing us to be here to um, to contemplate your presence in our lives and how you call us to follow you and to serve you in all things. We ask that you lead us by your Holy Spirit always, especially in our conversation today, um, that your will might be done and you might be glorified always. We ask this in your most holy name, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we talk to a lot of people, uh, both laity and religious alike, and uh, I love talking to young religious, I'll be honest with you, because you break the mold, and it's important that you break the mold, because there's a perception of priests out there, and what I mean by that is you had nothing else to do. There's people who actually think that way, when it's actually the opposite. You are a gifted person. You're also normal. You're a regular guy. That's why you're on the show. We love you. Talk about how you heard God's call, because I really think people have to hear these stories, because to be honest with you, that perception has to be thrown to the wayside. And I think you do that perfectly well by your answer to God's call. Please tell us how you heard that message. Yeah, absolutely. 
no. Um, you know, I definitely, yeah, grew up in, I would say, like, what I felt like was a pretty normal Catholic family in, in Boston. Um, you know, my dad wasn't, isn't Catholic. He, you know, he's, he grew up in a Mennonite household. My mom, Irish, Polish, you know, backgrounds. So we were always going to Catholic school, Sunday mass. Faith didn't really become important to me until I was in high school, um, where through my youth group really experienced God's love through the sacraments. Um, but initially it wasn't a big deal for me. Um, and I wasn't thinking about the priesthood at all, um, really until, uh, when I went to college and I went to Boston university, I was studying chemistry, was thinking of becoming like a high school chemistry teacher, uh, was running on the track team there, you know, was involved with just lots of different things, but the witness of some religious brothers, there is, um, a community called the brotherhood of hope and seeing how they were good, normal guys, um, people I could relate to and they, their witness of their community life together, their prayer, the work that they did, um, really inspired me to think, well, these are good guys, what they're doing. It's a good life. You know, I really could see myself doing this. Um, so really being able to like have that connection with, with, you know, priests and religious for me was really what prompted it in the first place. Um, now I had a girlfriend at the time. Um, we had been dating a little over two years. And so when I told her, you know, I was thinking like, oh, maybe, you know, I could see myself doing this. She was not too keen on that idea. You might imagine. Uh, so I ended up running away from it. I was like, oh, I'm just making this up. This isn't real. You know, this is not a real thing. Uh, but in the next year, like the call was, there's a sense that was still there. Like, um, you know, through one of the preach, priests preaching on St. Paul, First uh, Corinthians 7, about those who can remain celibate for the sake of the kingdom, my advice is to do so. And at that point in my life, I was like, you know, I could maybe do that. <laughs> you know, if God was calling me to it, maybe I could do that. So I began meeting with one of the brothers who was a spiritual director for me. And I was like, what does that mean? Uh, this scripture verse. And he's like, well, it kind of means what it says. But at the very least, you should ask God if this is what he's calling you to. Um, and just, you know, just asking God doesn't mean you're going to get a certain answer. A lot of times we think, oh, if I ask the question, you know, I'm afraid of what the answer is going to be. Um, asking the question doesn't change the answer. It just kind of helps <laughs> you know who you are and like what God has in store for you. Um, so actually it leads to like greater peace. Um, so through his help, you know, really began praying more, reflecting on this question and uh, began to see, I felt the greatest peace in times of prayer, joy in times of um, service, especially in the church. And I began to see that God was asking me, inviting me to give myself to him in such a way that I wouldn't be able to give myself to a wife in the way she would deserve you know, just feeling like I'd be divided or split in two in some way. Um, so ultimately feeling called to give myself totally to him. Um, and so at that point, you know, we'd been dating a little or four years, actually it was three years in the previous year, but my sophomore year of college, we'd been dating four years. You know, that's, I was 20 years old. That's 20% of your life. <laughs> um, so the decision to like break up was really the hardest thing I've ever, um, you know, had to come to terms with, but, you know, ultimately it was a mutual decision. We were becoming different people. We were going in different directions. Um, and then this was really a catalyst of like, well, I think God's maybe called me to do this. So I felt a lot of peace afterwards, uh, that that was the right decision. And I began to discover afterwards that my desire for relationship uh, is real uh, you know as you said priests are real people um like and i still had real human desires for like relationship um but i began to see that god could provide for that like he really could provide for my desire for love and relationship and intimacy in a way that even far surpassed my relationship like with my girlfriend um, so really for me, initially it was a calling to celibacy and a, a unique relationship with Jesus where I give him everything, um, and open myself totally to him. 
and then from there the priesthood um, became clear as well um, so the initial calling was to celibacy and then the priesthood became clear during my later years in college so that i entered seminary right after graduating Thank you for that, Father. Father Michael Zimmerman is joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Uh, and the subject is Shivias, a vocational discernment guide for men considering the priesthood. Now, Father, give us a um, two-part question. Uh, one's an easy one. How has, the, how has the series itself been received, okay, out there? Um, and give us a brief summary. Uh, tell us uh, you maybe like uh, how you first came up with the idea, what it's all about, what the goal is. Uh, I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, thank you. The, how's it been received? Well, um, I'm getting invited on to shows like this, so I guess it's doing all right. <laughs> it's getting some attention. <laughs> father, father, you, you, father, just got to tell you, okay, just just so you know, if you were looking at, if you were to say, man, I want to see if this 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 program can hit the big time, and now you're on Joe and Joe. You've arrived. Yeah. I've arrived. I know. This is like, you know, beyond my wildest dreams and expectations. <laughs> we have to we have to get you on with uh, we have to get you on with Bishop Caggiano. You're gonna have to you yeah, know, yeah. that's the next that's the next step above us. That's you gotta the next, get on all with right. the, you gotta yeah, you gotta lay it out for me. What's what's you know my next tier? What I gotta what I gotta shoot for? Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, besides like having some attention, you know, in different uh, podcasts and shows around the country, which has been awesome. Different platforms kind of picking it up. A lot of priests and vocation directors and campus ministers watching it and telling me, hey, this is awesome. I'm going to be recommending this to students. Um, even just hearing from individual men. And I mean, that's part of the challenge, you know, you know, in, in radio or in television or on the internet, like you, you don't see your audience, you know, you're, 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 seems like you're speaking into the vacuums you're like i don't know how this is going to be received i don't know if anyone's listening out there um but then you, you know you occasionally you do get like the tip of the iceberg of somebody saying to you like hey you know that was really awesome um so like hearing from uh, a couple men in the boston area because that's where i'm out of as you're aware um <laughs> uh that like this was really helpful for me um, and a few of those men are like now applying, you know, for next year for the seminary for us. So even just those few instances, uh, not even just men who are thinking about the priesthood, but I know married people or people thinking about, uh, you know, women thinking about religious life um, or, you know, almost I would say a lot of the series is, is foundational that applies to everyone in their Christian life. And I guess I, you know, can segue into like what this series is about. Please. Um, so as you said, it's 27 episodes, which might seem lengthy, you know, there's a good number of them, but each episode is only five minutes in length. Um, so really manageable and digestible, um, kind of just short lessons in each one. Where it came from was pretty early on in my work in vocations, uh, been in the office, um, about two and a half years almost at this point but early on realizing that there's a lot of good people out there who desire to do god's will they want to know it they want to do it but they don't know where to begin they don't know how to go about it and uh, there's a lot of you know uh books out there that talk about the priesthood or religious life there's a lot of you can hear vocation stories and witnesses, but really having like a guide accompanying one through the process of discernment um, that isn't really out there and uh, wanting to do it in a format and video that is accessible for people and not only tells them how to discern, but also shows them. Uh, so in in the videos, you know, I, I give advice for discernment. Um, but I'm also telling my story as well. And I'm showing the places in Boston uh, where, uh, where these things happened for the most part. Um, so, you know, making it real, making it incarnational, this isn't just like abstract, but you know, this, this applies to everyone in their life. The series is organized into kind of three major parts. Uh, the first part is kind of this question of like, who am I? You know, before I can figure out like what am I supposed to do with my life, I have to like come to know my own heart and what's going on there. And that's the the way the church talks about chastity, um, which is a 
really important virtue in discerning religious life. But the way the church talks about it is first arriving at uh, integrity of self leading to integrality of gift. So integrity of self meaning that I'm whole, I'm undivided within my heart. Um, and so recognizing, okay, maybe my heart is divided. Maybe I want to do God's will and there's an attraction to the priesthood, for example, but I also devire, desire like marriage and family and I'm afraid of a lot of different things. So I've got to learn like what's going on inside. How can I bring all this to Jesus, grow to trust him more, come to discover who I am. And that will set me free to give a complete whole integral gift of myself in the way that he's calling me to. So then the first part is really just about self-knowledge and kind of learning how to bring everything to Jesus. The second part moves into um, how am I called to give a complete gift of my life, um, like paying attention to the real desires in my heart that God has placed there, calling me to gift. And then the third part, focusing more on the priesthood and religious life in particular about you know, the life of a priest, his prayers, um, the, um, yeah, the ministry is like priest, prophet, and king, um, gets into more of the specifics of the priesthood and seeing if like, oh, is God called me to give my life in this way? You know, it's funny. You, you mentioned a couple themes, one of which is the giving of self. And obviously priests lay down their life, uh, for, the church, which is the bride of Christ, but all people are called to do that. I think the, the world misses that. Like, yeah. like, mm -hmm. you know, like even as a single person, you're called to do that as a married person, you're called to do that. That's the path to heaven is laying down your life for another. Now we're not going to be nailed to a cross. Maybe Joe and I will, cause we have big mouths. One day they'll come for us, father. Uh, Please. Father, we always we always we always say when they bring when 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 they bring the guillotine back in this country, Joe <laughs> they and may I come are going to march us into, so into time, into Times Square, but and we're done. And as we know from the French Revolution, Father, you're not exactly going to be safe either. So. Oh no no no! I'll be right with you. Or after you. I don't good. Know. We need you know, a good priest lead yeah. <laughs> to lead us to the guillotine. Yeah, I'm going to need some absolution on the way. So yeah. <laughs> no, but but in all honesty, that gift of self. Like that has to be stressed because that's yeah. the path to heaven. Um, we do it differently, but it's the same thing. It's white martyrdom. Talk about that because I think that's a, a very like parallel road that we all have to take. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's, I guess my real hope as a vocation director and in this series is just like, how can we like be, be saints, you know, how can we like live totally for Christ? Like, you know, do I, do I, do I care that we have more priests in the church? Sure. But what do I really care about is like helping every individual become the saint that God has made them to be and like freeing them to just give a, a total complete yes to Jesus, um, to, you know, how can we really trust him? Um, so that's why like this kind of d process of discernment can be so important for so many people. Um, because, at its root, at its foundation, is learning to trust Jesus. I like to give a story, and I do kind of Please. very um, in one of the early episodes of um, of the series about the story of Saint Peter and how he was called. Um, you know, when did Saint Peter receive his vocation and what he, what he was called to be? I mean, early on in his life, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, uh, Jesus said to him, "Like, come and follow me." you know, I'll make you a, you know, a fisher of men come and like leave everything behind. And so St. Peter did, you know, he followed after Jesus, but Jesus calls everyone to that. He called all his disciples to follow after him and to be with him. Um, so St. Peter's specific vocation came later. Um, and I would say one key moment of that was when Jesus was asking his apostles, like, who do the crowd say that I am? And the crowd say, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, one of the prophets. Um, and then Jesus asks, well, who do you say that I am? And in that moment, St. Peter speaks on behalf of the group. And he says, you're the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And in that moment where St. Peter finally, after he's been with Jesus for a long time now, is able to confess him as the Messiah, as the Lord, as the son of God. He's come to trust him and to know who he is. 
that's when he hears Jesus say to him, and you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. Um, so it's it's when we come to know and trust Jesus, like do we discover who we are in our relationship with him? Um, you know, I like to say, like, when do we discover our vocation and what we're called to do with our life? And the answer is, like, when we're ready to hear it, like, when we actually trust Jesus enough to say yes to him. Um, so regardless of if you're called to the priesthood, if you're called to marriage, whatever it is, we want to be able to be free to trust Jesus and say yes to him. Um, that's when, yeah, we're truly living who we are. And that's something all of us are called to. And I would say that's a real goal and discernment is just and then it just becomes a simple yes, you know, it becomes a yes, Lord, you're inviting me to this. I want to be with you. I want to do this too. Yeah. Awesome. Father Michael Zimmerman joining Joe and I at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're talking about Shivias, a, vo a vocational discernment guide for men considering the priesthood. Um, so Father, Z Father Zimmerman, what are some of the topics that are covered uh, in the program, in the series, how, how did you, how did you organize them? Just, but generally give our audience, like, like wh wh what are the topics? What do you talk about? How do you present it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, there's kind of three main parts to the series. The first part is a lot about self-knowledge and self-mastery, um, before leading to self-gift. Uh, so for example, on, in that first part, one of the things we look at is like kind of three things that can be like foundations or pillars in our life, like our sense of self, like how do I understand who I am? Um, how do I define myself? You know, I think I'm the, the funny one, the smart one, uh, where I'm from, uh, all those different things that we kind of look for as a source of a sense of a sense of self. Um, another thing would be like my hope of happiness. Like, what do I place like my hope in for the things that are going to make me happy? So maybe it's for the student, like, oh, you know, I want to be a doctor, so I need to get good grades. So in the short term, I hope, you know, I'm going to be happy with good grades, you know, or yeah, I want to be married and have kids. And so like, those are the things that I hope will make me happy, you know, in the future. And then the, the last is like a source of love of like, how do, where do I receive love from? How do I know that I'm loved? And the reason why we look at these kind of, we spent an episode on each of these, looking at these different pillars in our lives um, is because, you know, are those the things that we're placing my identity in, my hope of happiness in, my source of love in, like, are those good foundations or not? Like, are they sound? Um, or, you know, when hits the fan, like, <laughs> um, does everything fall apart? Uh, so like I fail that test, uh, you know, I'm the athlete, but I break my leg. I, uh, somebody breaks up with me, you know, like the, when the things get taken away from us, like what happens to our lives and where do we go? Um, you know, maybe I turn to more negative things, but there's an invitation there to place those foundations on Jesus himself. Like my identity as a son of God or daughter of God, um, my hope of happiness is heaven and doing God's will. My source of love is, you know, the Father's love for me. And those are things that cannot be taken away from us. Um, so I think many times we, um, we don't, we haven't, like, kind of put everything in Jesus's hands and like have him at the, at the root of it all. So the first part of the series is really just learning how do I take all these different areas of my life and learn to trust Jesus more um, by looking at these kind of concrete particulars. Um, and, um, and then that sets me free from like my fears, um, in order, um, I have a greater freedom to love and to, to do God's will. Um, this, you know, the second part of the series starts to look at, um, you know, my desires. So like, um, but then how do I, um, go deeper in those desires? So like, as, as I kind of was sharing in my story about um, discernment, I began to see like I had a desire for like real depth of relationship and intimacy. Um, but I began to discover that only God could really provide for that. Um, in a way, like my desire for, for love, um, 
you know, the, the, the thought was, like, well, maybe this human person can give me what I'm looking for. Um, but then through experience discovering like, hey, nobody's perfect, but I want perfect love, you know, and I'm not going to settle for anything less than that. Um, even though there's many awesome people out there, like the kind of love that I want and I need is is God's love for me. Um, so beginning to discover like that, like how celibacy in a very paradoxical way actually provided that love that I was looking for. Um, so in a way, it kind of corresponded to a deeper desire of my heart. Um, so the second part of this year is, is looking at, you know, like celibacy or prayer or mission and how maybe those are corresponding to like our deepest desires. Um, and uh, the th third part of the series is, is more specifically about the priesthood. Um, Joe R., you were talking about how as uh, all the lay faithful are called to like give everything to Jesus and they lay down their lives for him. Also, all the lay faithful share in Jesus's role as priest, prophet, and king. So we talk about those three roles of priest, prophet, and king, and how an ordained priest does that in a specific way. Um, so all the lay faithful are called to be priest, prophet, and king, um, especially in their lives and in the world. But a priest does that for, is ordered, ordained, he's ordained, his ministry is ordered for other Christians in particular, um, to preach the word of God as a prophet to them, to sanctify them as a priest through sacraments and his blessing um, and um, as, as king in terms of helping governing like the parish um, and administering the, the church, you know, in that way um, for his congregation. Um, so we, yeah, we talk about just some things that are like specific, unique to the calling of the priesthood um, as a, you know, yeah, because God does have a specific plan for us. We're all called to lay down our lives totally, um, and God has a, a kind of uh, a way for each one of us to do that. And you're listening to us at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello. Joe, we have about maybe two or three minutes before the break. Yeah, I wanted just to, to comment on something you said about knowing yourself. We also mentioned Peter, um, and Peter Im immediately followed Christ. But then Christ continued to take him deeper, and he hit walls. I think we put up walls, all of us. And I think the goal is that we have to continue to break through those walls. We don't know ourselves. I've learned that. I mean, I'm 51, Father. I'm a father of five. And God has brought me along, and I continue to hit walls. Like, as much as I say, like, I want to give everything to God. Oh, it's easy to say. Wake up in the middle of the night when you hear your kid gagging, puking on your bed at two o'clock in the morning. You don't want to give everything then. You know, I'm using that as just being facetious. But oh, talk about but talk about that. To really know yourself is to be open when you hit that wall to be humble enough to let God break it down and keep moving Father, forward. Father Zimmerman, we have about one minute before the break and then we can pick it up on the other side. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. I would say, you know, God does put us to the test in a way, as you're saying, you, you know, we're, we come to certain limits, we come to certain things in our life and we can call it like a moment of crisis in, in Greek crisis, crisis is actually means judgment. So I come to a point of decision of like, am I going to love? Am I going to go deeper or am I going to run away? <laughs> you know? Um, and so oftentimes we, we are put to the test. We do fail. And it becomes a new opportunity to, to humbly come before Jesus and to like to choose him, to give everything to him. Excellent. And, and we'll pick up this great conversation on the other side of the break. We're with Father Michael Zimmerman. We are discussing Shivias. And this is uh, a vocational discernment guide for men considering the priesthood. You're listening to us on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area. Uh, very quickly, Father, be um, before we go to break, and we'll do it again on the other side, uh, where can those men interested um, and women who just want to watch the series, where can uh, people find this content? vocationsboston.org is the website vocationsboston boston youtube channel or facebook page as well so vocationsboston 
All right, excellent. We're gonna when, when we get back, Father Zimmerman, we're we're, we're gonna talk to you about Boston. We we, we, we got to talk about Boston a little bit, but uh, but, but you know, we always gotta always gotta talk about Boston. It's just it's inevitable when you get a, you know get a couple guys from New Jersey, a couple guys from uh, you know a guy from Boston. Uh, there's there's, there's going to be an argument, there, you know, but uh, which I'm sure the audience is waiting for. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, so stick around, and we will pick this up on the other side of the break. Listen to all five of our original Veritas shows. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank, where Bishop Frank Caggiano talks about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. You can hear The Frontline with Joe and Joe every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe and Joe talks to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, tune in for the only late-night talk show on Catholic media anywhere. It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. And at noon on Friday is Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Right after that, at 12.30, you can hear the Focus on Veritas, where we put the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello. We are way in the breach with Father Michael Zimmerman, and we are discussing Shivias, a vocational discernment guide for men considering the priesthood. We don't want to waste any time. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Racinello. Father, you're the assistant vocations director for Boston. I mean, it's a huge uh, archdiocese. So I'm sure you come across a lot of young men. And there are obstacles, let's be honest. You know, if someone's discerning, just like anything, there's obstacles to everything. Um, I'm sure you heard them all. I mean, the obvious one, I think, if you're talking to a young man, is the chastity thing. I think there's some confusion on that because we're all called to chastity. Just because you're married doesn't mean you could do anything. And you have to be open to life. Um, you know, my wife and I, you know, we have five kids and I live in a small house and it's a struggle, but everything's a struggle. And I, I think there's some confusion on that because they think, you know, you could do anything you want. Well, not as if you're going to walk the line to heaven. Um, but I want to talk about this specifically. <clears throat> um, in terms of vocations, I have found that young people are attracted to authenticity, the real deal. You said you were attracted to that order of brothers. Now, what called me deeper into my faith was good religious, uh, CFRs, Sisters of Life, Missionaries of Charity. I saw the authentic deal, and I think that's the key, Father. I'll be honest with you. I it's the selling point of selling points. No one's going to give their life to something that's phony or weak or lukewarm. They're going to give it to the real deal. And when people see the real deal, it stops traffic. Talk about that because I think the biggest obstacle is ourselves. Like in all honesty, we got to get out mm -hmm. of the way and let God mm -hmm. step in the way. Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about that for days. Uh, <laughs> uh, great question, great topic. Um, yeah, I, you know, I've heard it said that the greatest um, argument for Christianity and Jesus Christ are the saints. Um, you know, seeing the witness of holy men and women, like giving everything for Jesus, as you said, being authentic, um, like that is very persuasive to see that witness. Um, I've also heard it said, you know, the greatest argument against the faith and against God is um, the hypocrisy of Christians, you know, and when we fail to live that faith out. Now, hopefully, you know, we don't let um, Judas prevent us from following Peter. <laughs> and so there's always going to be, because we're human, there's going to be brokenness, there's going to be sin in the church. Um, but for each of us, yeah, we're called to to be authentic, to be honest in in our faith. Um, I think for this reason, Jesus was 
very critical of hypocrisy in the Pharisees and in others. Um, in, in the Greek, you know, I, I'm a scripture scholar, so I love going to the Greek, but hip, hypocrisy literally means to like speak from underneath a mask. It was a word used for like actors who would wear these masks on stage. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, being two-faced or deceitful from like what we're saying and what we're doing. Um, and um, so, yeah, we're, we're called for real true conversion. And I think that does have to start with admitting like where we're at. You know, when I'm giving advice for like people in prayer and a lot of times people have trouble praying saying, um, you know, I don't, I don't feel anything. Um, I, I don't know what to talk about. I, you know, there's a whole slew of issues we can have in prayer, but what, what my advice usually is, is that like, God wants to meet you where you're at. Um, Jesus promised, I will be with you always. Uh, but a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to be where we're at. <laughs> um, we kind of fake it with God sometimes too. You know, we kind of pretend to be better than we are, or we we don't really let him into our heart, into the realness and the messiness of our lives saying like, hey, God, I'm having a hard time. Let me be real with you. Like, let's just be real. Um, so I think, we, we, you know, we've got to go there. We've got to go to the real issues in our lives. We've got to talk about the real things in our heart and come before that with Jesus in prayer. So I think authenticity even just begins when our relationship with God and that transforms us and sets us free to be authentic and genuine with others as well. I, I will say Father Michael Zimmerman joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Rosanello on the Veritas Catholic Network. That authenticity in my own personal journey, in other words, I never, uh, I, I always say I never left the church, certainly wasn't practicing for a good part of my adult life from let's say my late teens till my probably mid to late thirties. But it, it is it is that authenticity that you're talking about that always, every time I might entertain, am I on the right path in this? As Joe mentioned, Sisters of Life, CFRs, a priest like yourself. Uh, very recently, I was at a rally uh, praying against and for the soul or, or against Satanism in Scottsdale, Arizona. Father, I moved from New Jersey to Scottsdale, Arizona. I found out immediately that the Satanists were going to be trying to consecrate the, the, this, this town. Wow. To, 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 I mean, it's crazy, but I bring that up to say, but, um, you know, Father David Nix was there and uh, and other other good priests. And I, in my journey, and that's why I'm bringing it up, is I, I feel, I know I'm on the right path when I see that authenticity. When I when I see a good priest who takes the time, my, my wife and I went to, um, we went to Mass um, last week um, at a new parish. We're kind of parish shopping. And we said to the priest, we do our, enthrone our home because our, our place in Jersey was enthroned. We want to enthrone our home. And, but we don't want to impose. And the priest said something that I love to hear. The priest said, you're my family. We just met this guy. He mm. said, you're my family. This is what I do, of course, whatever you want. I mean, that to me, that, 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 that earthiness, that kind of like down to earthness, in other words, that, that is something that people respond to. Yeah. In other words, you know, yes, the intellectual side is great. Many priests do that, you know, and all that. But it's, it's, it's that realness. Um, that 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 I think a lot of Catholics need and want, and some and, and I think was has been lacking for quite some time. Any comments? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we, I mean, we we look to Jesus, and it's he came to us as a man, as a human. You know, um, his humanity is a bridge uh, to. The, the divinity, you know, his father and same with us in our lives, like our humanity, a priest humanity, a Christians, our humanness, our realness, like is meant to not be an obstacle to God in any way, but is rather the, we have no other way to him besides through our own humanity and the humanity of others and Jesus himself. Um, and I think sometimes, yeah, as, as priests, and I think maybe, you know, there's this remnants of um, what we can call like clericalism. Um, to some extent. And some of that's on the priest, you know, like being a holier than thou kind of thing. Some of it's on the Christian faithful expecting their priest to be something that they're not, you know? Um, and that, that's not saying we're not called to holiness, but also like um, 
allowing admitting like we are humans we have real things going on in our lives and also like real hearts as you and you know like hey you're my family being able to speak from the heart um so it is you know important for a priest to be able to go there you know to go to the real things in his life the real movements of his heart um and to bring those all to jesus so it's not like he's just white knuckling it you know and toughing it out um and that's why like this whole series tries to um, help people be, discover who they truly are and to bring everything to Jesus. So it's not just like on a surface level kind of thing. I want to hand it, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Resinello, but I just want to comment. I, 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 it was re- within the last few months, I had an, um, somebody, not a Catholic, um, or maybe a fallen away Catholic uh, along those lines. And, and the, the, the question was about what you talk, like talking about being the difference between being, let's say Jesus and being called to be like Jesus. And I had mm-hmm. to break it to this person. Yeah. Yeah. The Pope goes to confession. What are you talking about? He's a sinner. Just like the rest of us. Like there's this misconception that, like you said, like, well, well, priests, you know, walk on water and they never sin. No, 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 no. You got the wrong impression. All right. In other words, the priest will tell you they're the first ones, you, you know, in other words, to, to, to seek confession. And yeah, the Pope goes to confession. Yeah. I thought it was funny, Father Zimmerman. Yeah. Um, no, yesterday, yesterday at Mass, I was like, you know, announcing, I was like, oh, I'm available for confessions after Mass if anyone wants to go, but only for a little bit because then I have to go to my spirit's director and go to confession, okay? So I got to right. get my own tune up, you know? <laughs> you see the shocked look at the faces. Yeah. The confession. And then if they're Italian, they whisper it to each other. He goes to confession. Yeah, and like the, loud, the stage whisper. Yeah. Yes, it. yes, the stage <laughs> whisper. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit, too, about, like, attractiveness to the priesthood. Um, and I think just on a very human level, obviously, we're all sinners, but I think something that's authentic is in sacrifice. You see, I, 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 again, I could just speak for myself. When you see a person, whether they're single, married, or a priest, living the life of Christ, which is a sacrificial life, you see, that's the power of God. And people, you don't have to say anything. Like, I'll tell you a story. I, 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 there was a good priest, and I went to his 40th anniversary as a priest, and he clearly touched a lot of lives. The rich and the poor alike were in this church. I don't remember the homily, to be truthful with you. What I remember was a family going up to confession. The man looked like he was rolled down the hill. They had about six kids. The wife was heavily pregnant. She's holding one kid by the hand. She's holding another kid, like picking the kid up, and they're walking up the line. And I said, holy Christopher Columbus, look at this family. Like, they're living it. I remember that. It's seared into my brain. I think that's what attracts people. It's, the again, we talked about the authentic it's because Christ gave up everything, Father, like everything. Mm. When we do that as church, get out of the way. The church is going to outshine the greatest phony, worldly, little glittery thing. And that's what I think we have to get back to. Both, mm. I, actually, I'm not going to point to the, the religious. I'm going to point to families, Catholic families. We don't do that anymore. How many families are like that? Well, let's be honest. That's where vocations begin. Mm. Talk about that. It begins in that family, that family that lives sacrifice. The kid then just says, you know something? This is what I want to do. My parents did it. Do you encounter that, the vocations coming from families such as that? Yeah, no, that's a great point, great topic. In my role as vocations director, assistant vocation director, I often say like, I'm kind of just like the guy harvesting the fruit, you know, I'm just the one that's like receiving like what's seeds that have been planted long, long time ago, you know, but, um, and so I, you know, I try to get involved in different communities of that. I know are faithful communities of people who are trying to grow in holiness and trying to do God's will. Cause that's where our vocations are going to come from is like people trying to grow in holiness and trying to do God's will. And so that can be in a parish. That can be in a campus ministry, youth ministry, whatever it is. That's, that's where I want to be. That's where I'm going to find people who are, who might become, you know, religious or priests. Um, but that community, as you're saying, like um, the, the, the nucleus of, community and society begins with the family like that's the smallest cell the smallest building block the um 
the domestic church is, is how we often talk about the family, the domestic church. Um, and so it does begin and with the family. And I think, you know, you're speaking about obstacles uh, to the priesthood um, and for people wanting to become priests. You spoke about celibacy. Uh, and I think part of that is like the, the, the faith, the, I mean, a whole lot of things, you know, there's the problem with like pornography um, that is like rampant in society. The average age of kids looking at pornography, uh, first time they look is like 10 years old now or younger. Um, so families, parents have a really tough responsibility of trying to not just protect your kids. You can't protect your kid from society always, but like teaching them how to live and, and um, helping them to grow in holiness um, so that they're free to say yes to God's will, um, to be men and women of virtue, to help not just parenting and providing opportunities for your kids, but raising them up uh, to be men and women um, with freedom and responsibility. Um, you know, a big uh, obstacle as well um, for, for men pursuing the priesthood is a sense of like unworthiness like they don't believe that they're worthy or good enough. Um, but having the, the foundation of a parent's love for them is huge. Uh, like kids have to know that they're loved. They're not just second rate to um, your job, you know, your possessions, your house, the things you want to do, you know, not that you let your kid get everything they want, but they have to know that they're loved by you and they matter more than anything else. Um, also, um, parents themselves are sometimes an obstacle. Um, you know, the majority of the time, uh, the men I'm working with, their parents do not want them to become priests. Um, and I think some of that is, you know, they're, they want to live vicariously through their kids of uh, careers and, uh, you know, having grandkids and all that stuff. But more than anything else, as parents, we're called to bring our children to heaven. That's the only thing we're going to take with us in life is, uh, you know, is the people around us and our family um, to heaven, your job, nothing else goes with you. Um, so wanting your kid to be a saint, wanting them to be able to say yes to God, whatever he wants. I think, you know, we've got to get back to that. Um, that's where and, and teaching our kids to be men and women who desire to do God's will and are want to say yes to it. I think that's, yeah, that's where vocations are going to come from. I think, I think it's an important thing that you mentioned. Joe Racinello mentions it on the show all the time is a problem. One of the problems in Catholic education is uh, this idea that, you know, I still say, even though Catholic education, I don't think, I don't think you disagree. Father Zimmerman um, has declined um, probably over our lifetimes. We're a little bit older than you. Uh, we're in our fifties. So maybe we're a lot older than you. Um, but that uh, even even Catholic education today is still better than I think uh, regular, let's say public education. But the problem is the same, uh, as Joe Racinello always points out. We're sending kids to school as parents. We send them to school to be achievers rather than disciples. Um, mm -hmm. And you and the primary goal is to is to form them into discipleship. And of course, with the rigor of good education and teaching them to excel, they will go out into the world and succeed in whatever they do, whether they're a plumber, a college professor, or, or, or an investment banker on Wall Street. But the formation has to be there. Um, and I think that a lot of parents are, 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 are mixing those up and don't have the, their priorities straight on that. Any comments? Yeah, no, I would totally agree. Um, and Catholic schools definitely have a, a responsibility for helping in that, but it, the primary educators of, of kids are, are the parents. Um, and, you know, you were talking about authenticity before. Uh, kids sniff that out <laughs> pretty easily, you know? So if they're, and, and I mean, teenagers are always going to think their parents are hypocrites, um, <laughs> but we don't want to give them more ammunition. <laughs> um, so like if, you know, Unfortunately, a lot of times it's, you know, parents send their kids to religious ed, um, you know, drop them off and, uh, but, you know, they're not going to mass as a family. Um, you know, I've heard it said like, especially fathers, you know, especially men, um, uh, like if, you know, two parents are going to mass together with their kids, way more likely for the kids to be practicing the faith. Um, if it's just the mother, 
um, you know, moms are awesome and, and they're the ones doing the work majority of the time. Um, but I think it's only like, you know, 20% maybe of kids with just their mom going to faith are going to continue that, you know, when they are growing up, if it's just the father, it skyrockets to like 70% or something like that. You know, when both are together, it's even more. Um, but men, especially like are they are called to be fathers of their children. Um, they're called to be a witness of God, the father to them. They're called to lead their family in prayer. Um, and I think, now, some of it's the culture looking down on men and fatherhood in a certain way. Um, but we, as men, we've taken too much of a backseat. You know, we've kind of just like, we're, we're happy to just like sit on the couch, you know, um, when it comes to our faith, especially rather than like being like, I'm going to be a leader, you know, I'm going to be a man. Um, I'm going to raise my kids in the faith and really owning it and being authentic and owning it ourselves first. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, I want to switch gears for a minute because, you know, sometimes God calls the person you don't expect. We've seen that through the history of the church, St. Paul being one of them, many saints, mm -hmm. uh, Walter Chiswick, uh, mm. you know, he, he said, not only did I get into fights, I picked them. And then one day he came home and he said, I'm going to become a priest to his father who was a coal miner. And he one day, I think, will become a saint. Great books to read uh, mm -hmm. uh, about Walter Chiswick, who went into Russia. I'll even tell you about my little story. I mean, people would say, how is Joe Resinello doing this? I mean, I could remember in high school uh, organizing a humongous cheating ring in AP history, embarrassing a nun. Everyone knew I did it. The principal, Brother Stephen, I went to a Christian Brothers high school, I was like laughing at the whole thing. <clears throat> he had some choice words for me. I won't go into it, but he didn't throw me out of school. I always think about that. He gave me a chance. I think I would have threw me out of school, but he didn't. And I'm going to be honest with you, father. I'm the one leading the charge. Now yeah. I was at the back. Now mm -hmm. I'm leading the charge. And I always accredit that to him. I do. I'm still friends with him on Facebook. He gave me a chance. Talk about mm. the unexpected one who winds up becoming the priest. I'm sure you've encountered those. Maybe you're one of those people. I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, I think about, um, you know, m my life and the, the culture I grew up in, my friends, my family, you know, there's, there's definitely, there were seeds or elements of Christianity and the faith there, but ultimately it didn't really matter to me. And, many of the people I grew up with ultimately didn't matter to them um, at the end of the day. Um, but I, I would say God's like a sniper. <laughs> he just kind of like picks you out of the crowd. And, you know, we see this in the life of Jesus and the gospels, like thousands of people around him. And then he just notices someone, you know, he notices someone in the crowd and he goes up to them. And, um, the, you know, the, the woman, the woman with the hemorrhages, who touches his cloak and he's like, someone's touched me. And they're like, everyone's touching you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he's like, no, there's someone here. Um, so, it, you know, Jesus notices us. He notices you. Uh, he's got a plan for you, no matter like where you're at. And we're not just called to be like generic saints. You know, you gave the life of Father Walter Chiswick, of, of, you know, St. Paul, um, who were um, in their own words, like the worst of sinners, you know, um, but <laughs> God doesn't just call generic saints. He calls particular saints in their place, in their time, with their gifts, with their abilities. And he just uses them in the most amazing of ways. So like the fact that, you know, some of us are like not in the church and we're totally caught up in the world or whatever. And um, like God can often use those people the most because they they're, they know the ways of the world. They know what's going on out there. They've been in it. And so they can speak to it and they can enter into it and they can bring God there. We had it. You remind me of, uh, of an interview we did uh, at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Rissino on the Veritas Catholic radio network are being joined uh, by father Michael Zimmerman. And we are discussing Shivius of vocational discernment guide for men considering the priesthood. When you said that I was reminded of one of our guests who you say like who God chooses. We interviewed John Pridmore. Oh, I don't Lord. know if you've ever heard. Of, and he was a, he was basically 
a a figure in the British underworld, okay, like in the London underworld, as like he's just this big guy. Well, it talks like this, he, like he's right out of a Guy Ritchie movie, right? Um, you know, broke some heads in his life and probably some some other jail. bones. Went to jail, um, and you know, dude was converted, like like, and 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 he is a powerful, powerful witness. So when you when you mention that about how God picks people off, but that guy can speak to so many people that maybe Joe and I can, maybe Joe and God has us speaking to this group of, this group of people. And he has you fathers Zimmerman speaking to that group of people. One thing I, one thing I've learned father, and then I'm going to hand it back to Joe is I can't, I can't figure it out anymore because I don't have the mind of God. All I know is this, stay close to the sacraments, pray the rosary every day. Okay. And God will steer you in the right direction. Joe, I'm handing it to you. I want to just expand on this a little bit because there's a painting. I have it in, in my office, in my basement. Um, that's where I'm relegated when I have to, in the basement, when I have to work with my crazy kids running around. Uh, it's Caravaggio, the call of St. Matthew. And I love it. And the reason why I love that painting is Matthew is a sinner. He is a tax collector and he's at the table and he's Christ comes in and he just points to him and his feet. If you look at his feet, he's already turned because he knows Matthew is going to follow him before Matthew does. And Matthew just points at himself. No one else sees God. Everyone's looking at the money and Matthew's like, me you're calling me but christ is like oh yes it's you and i think we have to have those eyes like we have to look at people like that we as a society condemn people write people off this one ah forget about this person they're lost wrong wrong and i i, I want to hear that because i mean not just with vocations father but i mean you're you're in the confessional like i mean like you could probably tell stories like about people like that that all of a sudden boom they surprise you mm -hmm. yeah no that's uh awesome uh i like your art analysis there you know, beautiful painting and i i never i don't know if i ever noticed the feet so that's that's awesome that's beautiful and you know in matthew's case and in many others that jesus calls it's like yes yeah, the sinners it's the tax collectors and then they throw a big party and all their friends are there and they come to jesus you know like <laughs> uh, jesus came to save and um, you know, seek out and save those who are lost. Um, he says, this, uh, the well don't need a physician, the sick do. Um, so definitely Jesus has a heart for those who are, you know, far from him. Um, and often think about, you know, like the way, yeah, that we're be, all of us are called to be saints. Um, and in that way, like we, we have a unique mission and we have a unique way of like revealing god's love to the world um it's like you know jesus is i, I think about it as like a prism you know a white light comes in hits the prism and then it scatters like a spectrum of colors um and how in that way like um being a saint all of us are kind of like those different colors you know like jesus his divine grace hits us and like we reveal a very unique aspect of of god uh, through through our our holiness through the life that we are and um so each one of us uh whether it's saint matthew or others like we're we have a unique mission we have a unique way of like revealing god's love to the world and that's it's not a, nothing in our past is an obstacle in a way it's um it reveals his mercy more perfectly you know saint paul says we're sin ground sin abounds grace abounds all the more that was an excuse to sin but saying like hey god's mercy is super abundant and it surpasses any of that um so you know for myself um you know you're, you're speaking about like kind of the um, the amazingness of the priesthood and i would say like one of the greatest things about being a priest um is you get front row seats to god's grace at work um within the first month of being a priest, I felt like I did pretty much everything a priest can do. <laughs> you know, it comes pretty quick, you know. Um, if people, you know, they're worried about going to confession, like, oh, no, the priest is going to judge me. It's like, like, the priest has heard it all. You know, you're not the first sinner. You're not new. You know, you haven't, <laughs> you haven't come up with a sin that hasn't been done before. You're not that creative. Um, <laughs> and, um, 
you know, so like being in a confessional and um, somebody coming up to me and saying like, hey, I haven't been to confession. Forgive me, Father Friveson. It's been 50 years since my last confession, um, 60 years since my last confession. And I'm like, I'm not that old yet. Uh, <laughs> before I've been alive, you know, God had a plan for this person to bring him back to himself. You know, in God's providence, he's brought the two of us together and he's calling him back to him. And to be able to like witness that is amazing. Um, and then like one time going to a hospital and a man was unbaptized, hadn't received his sacraments, um, was dying or danger of death. And you know, baptizing him, confirming him first, you know, anointing Eucharist. Um, and then everyone there, like the nurse was like, I want to get confirmed now too. Like the, his roommate was like, I want to go to confession. He hadn't been to church in 30 years. Um, and, um, like people see God's grace and they're just hit by it and they want it. Um, like they Father, just want to get to see those priests. Father, I'm sorry, Father, we're on radio. We have to leave it there because yep. we, we go off. I was going to have you back because we have to talk about uh, some of the differences between uh, New Jersey and Boston. Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, Father Michael Zimmerman, thank you for joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. The program out there for those men who want to know more about Shivius, a vocational discernment guide for men considering the priesthood. Or if you just want to see a great series uh if you're catholic faithful and and uh want to see something great please you could you could find that father where can people find that vocations boston is the website vocationsboston.org youtube channels vocations boston boston the facebook page is vocations boston all the, the videos of shibias are found there awesome and when i thank you Father Zimmerman for joining us. I'm sure we're going to have you back. Thank you all out there for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial serving the New York metropolitan area. We want to thank you again. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.